Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 486. It is uh, the 1st of May, if you're following along with our schedule. And uh, here we are in 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, wonderful uh, passages now on uh, the ministry of Elisha. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this chapter that you brought us to this morning in 2 Kings 4. We pray that you'd be with us, that you would be our teacher and our guide, that you would build us up in the truth for your glory in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and... <clears throat> your sons, and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. One day, Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said, Say now to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? Gehazi asked, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. He said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, At this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers, and he said to his father, O oh, my head, my head, the father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And she went 
and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run to, at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain, to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child <clears throat> Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told him, The child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, where there was a famine in the land. And as the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, he said to his servant, Set, the large, set on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. One of them went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered from it his lap full of wild gourds, and came and cut them up into the pot of stew, not knowing what they were. And they poured out some for the men to eat. But while they were eating of the stew, they cried out, Oh, man of God, there is death in the pot! And they could not eat it. He said, Then bring flour. And he threw it into the pot and said, Pour some out for the men that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. 
a man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing the man of God bread of his first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And Elisha said, Give it to the men that they may eat. But his servant said, How can I set this before a hundred men? So he repeated, Give them to the men that they may eat. And thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left. So he set it before them, and they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Well, this chapter in Elisha's ministry is really very significant. And you'll notice that throughout this chapter, Elisha is referred to as the man of God, O man of God. And he is in many ways in this chapter, a type of Christ and a foreshadowing of Christ, showing us uh, the benefits and blessings of the covenant that come to God's people through the covenant mediator, in this case, the man of God, the prophet, in Israel, in northern Israel, Elisha was the covenant mediator for that whole kingdom because the king was not faithful, not following the Lord, not, uh, you know, rightly, you know, under God's authority. They didn't have biblical worship, so they didn't have the Aaronic priesthood, and they didn't really go down to the tabernacle or temple. They didn't go down to the temple in Jerusalem to worship. So there was no real functioning king in a covenantally faithful way. There was no real functioning priest in a covenantally faithful way. So all they had was a prophet, and they had Elisha the prophet. So he is fulfilling this role, this anointed role as covenant mediator or Messiah anointed one for the people of God in Israel, in this northern kingdom of Israel. And in many ways, he's, he's showing us what God provides for his people through the man of God, the son of man, son of God, the, the, the Messiah, the anointed one, the covenant mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see several pictures here. And these are obviously real things that Elijah, that God did through Elisha's ministry. And the first is the provision of need. Uh, this wife of one of the sons of the prophets says, you know, husband died, died in debt, and the creditors are coming to take their two children to be his slaves. And God provides. God provides exactly what is needed so that their debts can be settled and they can live. God provides what we need. It's not always what we want. It's not always in the way that we expect. But God provides what we need. Oil is a picture in scripture of the grace, the anointing, the blessing of the covenant. God gives us grace sufficient for every trial, for every need, whatever we have to go through, whatever we have to endure. If we seek the Lord, he gives us the grace. He gives us the blessing. He gives us the anointing. He gives us the power by his Holy Spirit to, to endure and to have our needs met in those trials. And then we have this extended story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman and the Shunammite woman's son. It's an example to us of uh, hospitality that we should show. We should, we should willingly support those who are called to ministry. 
Uh, this is a biblical principle that those who, who preach the gospel should make their living from the gospel, and so we should willingly be supportive of those who are in ministry. We should exercise hospitality. We should welcome one another into our homes. We should, we should practice this regularly. We should trust the Lord. Um, it, it's very interesting, this Shunammite woman is kind of an answer back to the prosperity gospel, name it, claim it, word, faith people who think that, you know, the way to get blessings from God is to have a strong enough faith and to articulate your faith exactly and clearly and to name it and to claim it. And if your faith is strong enough, God will give you anything you want. Here's a woman who had, frankly, no faith. She was, she was reverent. She honored Elisha because she knew that he was a holy man of God. She even had a small room made just for Elisha to be able to come and stay with his servant Gehazi whenever he passed through that way. But she didn't express any needs that she wanted Elisha to meet. And when Elisha said, this time next year, you're going to have a, a son, she doesn't say, yes, I believe it. She says, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. And that just shows us that oftentimes, actually, in Scripture, God blesses and God gives despite unbelief. Other times in Scripture, God's people might really want something and really desire it and ask in faith, and God says no for good reason. I'm thinking of Paul and his thorn in the flesh from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So it is not a, a true biblical principle that if you ask for something in faith, you will always receive that thing because you have believed. Now, Jesus said, if you ask in faith, you will receive, because that gets us back to the oil principle. God will always meet your need. He will always give you what you need in that situation. But you might ask for one thing. God might give you something different, but you'll realize, maybe not even till eternity, but you'll realize that the thing you asked for was not the thing you really needed, but the thing that God gave you was the thing that you needed. So it's this name it, claim it, word, faith, prosperity, gospel stuff you know, there's different degrees and variations of it. And even many of us who would say, oh, I don't believe that stuff. We still have this idea that if I behave myself and if I'm a good Christian and if I really ask, you know, I'll never have to really struggle. I'll never have to really be in pain or that if I am in pain or if I am struggling, somehow that means I don't have enough faith or I'm not being obedient. That's just not true. God blesses this Shunammite woman with a son and then the Shunammite woman's son dies it's not because God was angry with her. It's not because God was punishing her. In fact, as Jesus said of the man who was born blind in the Gospels, it's so that the power of God can be shown in this situation. And we see here what, what, what is needed eventually is that Elisha has to come and lay on top of this dead child, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand, that's what we need for resurrection life. We need Jesus Christ. We need to be united to Christ. I think this is a little picture of this. We are dead in our sins and trespasses. We are alienated from the life of God. We are without God and without hope in the world. And only union with Christ, only by being united to Christ in his death and resurrection, can our sins be forgiven and can we be brought to life before God forever. And here's a, a picture of this given to us in Elisha and the way that he is able to raise up the Shunammite woman's son. 
And then finally, we have this picture of the deadly stew and the, the bread that's being provided. Uh, and this is a picture of redemption. So you have this poisonous stew and put some flour in it and it can be redeemed. Uh, there's death in the pot, but, but God intervenes and there is, uh, there's redemption that is brought there. And this is what God does in our lives in so many different ways. There may be things in our lives that are not honoring to God and not a blessing to us, but God can take them and God can bring redemption. God can redeem marriages. God can redeem jobs. God can redeem uh, aspects of culture, music, and, and um, God can use these things uh, and, and bring forth life from things that had been uh, dead, rotten, uh, poisonous. And, and the last picture here is, is of bread. And here, this is even a, a more clearly explicit foreshadowing of Christ because when Christ came, when he feeds 5,000 and then he feeds 4,000, he is showing us one greater than Elisha is here, a prophet greater than Elisha, a Messiah greater than Elisha is here. Here, Elisha has... Um, 20 loaves of barley and he's able to feed a hundred men with it that would be you know a five-fold increase in the number but jesus is able to take one boy's lunch and feed five thousand people with it which is a this is a five-fold increase in what is supplied jesus had a five thousand fold increase in what is supplied with some left uh, abundance above and beyond so god provides us with what we need for life and for eternity through our covenant mediator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He provides us with life from death. We are naturally, spiritually dead and cut off from the life of God, but by union with Christ, we are brought to life. Our every need is met in every circumstance and trial of life by God's grace, which is poured out into our lives by his Holy Spirit through the covenant blessings that are ours because of our union with Christ. And he redeems, he takes that which is which is bad, which is corrupt, which is fallen, and he redeems it to be a source of life and blessing. And he and he feeds us. He feeds us abundantly with his word and with his with himself and with all that we need day by day. What a wonderful picture of Jesus we find here in Second Kings four. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus our Savior. Thank you that we have everything we need in him. Help us to trust in Jesus and to follow after him always. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, 2 Kings chapter 4, I hope that was a wonderful blessing to you. And tomorrow we look forward to getting back to the book of Acts and Acts chapter 15. Hope to see you then. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.